Recorded live from wherever the hell we are at the moment, this is Transformation Thursday. I'm Penny Sterling, and my pronouns are she, her, and with me as always is Amy Stevens. Her pronouns are she, her as well, and that's kind of a weird thing at this time of year when we have all of these Parents' Day events going up. We just passed Mother's Day. Father's Day is coming up. For the cisgender community, this is not a big deal if you're a parent, but if you're a transgender parent, it often is a time of confusion, of longing, and in fact, frustration as well. So Amy and I are going to be talking about this when we come back. Take a listen to us about transparency. Get it? Right after the traditional music swell and fade out. Let's talk about change, Amy. Okay, let me see. It looks like I've got three quarters, a nickel, a Canadian loony, and a few British tenors from when I was in London because I'm an international comedian. No, not that change. Change is in transformation. The topic of Transformation Thursday. Oh yeah, that. Well, we're doing this podcast to highlight how much things change and how quickly they do it in society today. Everything changes and change isn't good or bad. It just is. The more we realize that change is just the natural progression of things, the better off we'll be. Now, let's talk about change. Didn't we just do that? No, no, not the last one. The first one. The coins. Money. About how people can give us some of theirs so that we can continue talking about ours. Are you just trying to get people to go to our Patreon page to support this podcast so that we can continue our exploration of what it means to live in a rapidly changing world? Because although this is a labor of love we do have expenses and by going to transformationthursday.com they can help ensure that we can continue to be bringing this fun and insightful commentary on the world today plus get exclusive patrons only content um if i say yes can we get on to our next segment oh god i hope so Okay then, transformationthursday.com. Also, can you break a 20 for me? Sure, I can get that to you in euros. Okay, now you're just showing off. Mother's Day Flowers by Kimberly Anderson. It is the day before Mother's Day I stand looking down at boxes of flowers. I am struck at their beauty with colors so rich I can feel them. I smell the faint whiff, and I dare not get closer. I don't want to be seduced. I hate these flowers. Flowers that I won't be able to give my birth mother because I don't know her. Flowers that I can't give to my adopted mother because I have estranged myself from her. Flowers that my ex-wife would never let me buy for her because she said they'd only die. What really died was a part of me each year. Flowers that my children won't give me, because I am not their mother, nor am I any longer their father. I am something else to them now. Flowers that others will buy for the ones that they love, flowers that others will receive from those that love them. I am envious. I could never buy them. I could never give them. I will never receive them. I hate these fucking flowers. Yeah, that was from Kimberly Anderson, who is a friend of uh, Transformation Thursday. She's been on the program before, and that was a great intro to this particular topic, uh, transparency. Uh, Transparent is what Amy and I and Kimberly are. Uh, 
Uh, we all have children, and our relationships with them are varied and sometimes frustrating. Kimberly, as she said in her poem, uh, is estranged from her children, and that happened when she transitioned. Amy and I have a different story about our kids, and yet we still have, at least I know I do, I have issues around Mother's and Father's Day, and I believe you do too. And other transgender folk around the, the country and the world do as well. And so that's what we're going to spend this show talking about, and not just in our voices, but also the voices of some of the people that we have met online and in person to hear what they say about these days. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing is, you know, you and I, you know, when when I first met you, you know, I met one of your children early on, and I wasn't quite sure what to call you, a parent, a mother, a father, and you were very quick, and you said, Dad, I'm still Dad to my kids, and I think you and I have chosen very similar for a lot of trans people, but there are some that go in different routes. We know them. We talk to them. And, you know, that label of parenthood for a lot of trans people kind of becomes similar to pronouns. You know, if you're not sure, you you have to ask and it's uncomfortable at first, but it gets easier. And it's just one of those things that we need to know. And I know yesterday when I was, you know, with Mother's Day, you know, I had a lot of people, you know, reach out to me either directly on Facebook through some posts or through private messages saying, hey, you know, happy Mother's Day, Amy. And, you know, my reply back was thank you. However, I still go by dad and, um, you know, touch base with me in about a month. You know, for me, my my kids basically said, I, you know, I want to still call you dad when I told them I was transitioning. Um, they have a mother and it's not me. And if that's the only thing that they need from me for this, I'm, you know, I'm more than happy to uh, to make that trade off. But still on days like this, it is kind of days like like Sunday was. It's kind of frustrating. Yeah, it is frustrating because, you know, the world views us as for many of our new friends that we have, they view us as women and you know, so for Mother's Day, they want to be able to say Happy Mother's Day to us. And but yet, you know, like you, your parent, you know, your children rather want, you know, wanted that fatherhood figure, father figure in their life yet. Yeah. And in the exterior has changed. Well, yeah, kind of, sort of. Uh, mine's kind of a weird, uh, an outlier because um, I have been the sole. Uh, so I had sole custody of my two youngest children from a very young age. And even before that, because of the dynamics of my family life, their family life, I was really the only person who was parenting them even before that for, for quite a while. Uh, so I was both mother and father to them. And um, even as even before I transitioned, just out of necessity, I adopted more out of necessity and also out of just aptitude I adopted much more of a mothering role than a than a fathering role to them but I was still dad to them yep so that's why I did it and also my children were significantly older than a lot because I was <laughs> significantly older um, my there's a there's a 15 year difference in age between my oldest and my youngest I have four children and my youngest at that point when I told them that I was transgender was 17. So they had they had a long history of calling me dad, so I can understand why. Yeah, mine's mine's a little bit different. I mean, I I'm still on very amicable terms with my ex wife. In fact, we're quarantining together with the children. So, you know, but but is God bless about, all you know, of you. That's you know, all I can we, say. Go ahead. Yes, yeah, so I I don't know if I could do that uh, with my I can do it with my kids quite easily. 
Um, but my ex, yeah, especially since uh, she has a partner now, and uh, I have a small house, and it's it's small and it's, it's it's tight enough with just the three of us. Yeah, but I emotionally, I don't think I could either. Yeah, we're in a good spot. I mean, I, you know, but there's a lot of things that play into it, you know, and but what it comes down to is, you know, like what you said about the kids wanting you know, to call you dad still. And that's really what my kids wanted for me. And I was more than happy to provide that to them. If it, you know, they're good with everything. And you know what is, you know, my oldest says, you know, LaRue, who came on to Trans Story podcast with me, which by the way, it reminds me, I need to probably edit a few of those. That side note. Uh, but it, LaRue says, no matter what though, dad, you're still my sperm donor. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> What changes you have, what medicines you're on, whatever, but whatever it is, you gave me sperm so that way I could have my life. I'm like, that's just a way to look at it then. I want to make you a t-shirt now that says, I am my daughter's sperm donor. That might. You can wear that on the pride parade whenever we have a pride parade next and you can walk around with that. I just think I am. Yeah, never mind. I just, yeah. (laughs) I understand that. I I, I know, I know LaRue. I know her heart. I know what she says. I know how, what kind of a a wonderful, slightly goofy, uh, just like her, like her father, like her father, uh, kind of, kind of a, kind of a goofy, a goofy human being. So I understand that. And it's a perfect it's a it's, it's a perfect encapsulation of the relationship that you two have, but coming from an outside view of that, and I listening to it like from strange ears, I can see how weird that would sound. So I'm just enjoying that. Yeah, it makes me happy. I'm laughing for everybody who else else has heard that. Should we get into some of these um, comments was, and letters? Yeah, yeah, I was going to do that. The the one that really kind of um, uh, got got me going with this, um, well, Aaron. Uh, Reed, who is a, uh, I got this off of Twitter. Uh, she's from, she's in Washington, D.C. And uh, she wrote this without any prompt from us. Just, it was a post that she made. She said, today is a little frustrating. I am a mom. It is okay to wish me happy Mother's Day. And my own mom won't. My grandma won't. My dad won't. Many cis allies won't. Friends won't. My own son is with his other mom today. please. I am a mom too. And that response, she got a lot of Happy Mother's Day responses from, from people online, which I'm sure helps. But and, and, and it doesn't take away the pain of this for a lot of us. No, it doesn't. And I think, you know, but I also want to point out, too, that I think there's, you know, with everything that we're going through right now in our society and our time, um, going through a global pandemic, there are a lot of mothers, trans, cis, non-binary, whoever, however they want to identify and whatever they want to call themselves. There are a lot of people struggling right now. And to have this holiday right now that is just this forced level of happiness when it comes to Mother's Day, you know, it's it's tough for a lot of people to handle. So, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's tough. And, you know, I wish everybody could just see. Yeah. That, you know, we all have these different complex relationships, you know, and it's what we opened with, with Kimberly, you know, it's, 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 it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really hard. And that's why I asked the question, how do Mother's Days and Father's Day work for you? What do your kids call you? Are these holidays difficult for you or magical? And most of them, it seems it's more on the difficult side. Deanna Gilbert from Kamloops, British Columbia said, I made a point that my wife was my son's mom, and I didn't want to take that away from her, especially given how supportive she's been. 
but I have to admit that my third D's Day coming up feels hollow. And I think that really that that really resonated with me, and I think with you as well. It's like, yeah, they have a mom, and it's not me, but seeing that and feeling what I consider to be more matron matronly feelings for my kids than uh, than than uh, tra traditional uh, paternal feelings is is really hard for me. And I remember the there was one Father's Day before I transitioned, before I told my kids that I was transgender, that they gave me a T-shirt. For, for Father's Day that said Mr. Incredible on it. It was the uh, from The Incredibles, Mr. Incredible, which was one of our absolute favorite family movies. And my and, and so that was what they said. And it was like, oh, my God, this is such so lovely. But it's also kind of heartbreaking for me because I'm not Mr. Incredible. No, you know, and it, I, I kind of like what Deanna says about this here. You know, I really, you know, made a point that she didn't want to take away from her ex's support. And that's a, that's a lot of what I, that's a big reason for me too to choose the path. But the other reason why, you know, I'm going to continue to celebrate um, Father's Day is because that's what our separation agreement says. So that's good. <laughs> That's just going to be my day. I am legally required to celebrate Father's Day with you, children. So, so let me let me smoke a pipe and basically ignore all of your emotional needs. Yeah, one day, one day a year, you're going to get wing tips and a and a, and a three piece. Here. <laughs> yeah, okay, but that's just you and me. There are others who have actually made peace with it and actually, and I think it's some of it is just the age of the children uh, yep. when we transition too. Yeah, and Liz Lilly, who's been on the show before, uh, she's uh, lives in the Minneapolis area there in Minnesota. Um, oh, you betcha. Yeah, yeah, I sure you betcha, don't you know? Um, she says, my two kids were two when I transitioned, though they called me daddy. They hadn't really started gendering outside of that. We decided that we'd have the girls call me Mommy Liz. Mommy was taken, well, and so they just wanted to have, avoid some ambiguity. We didn't want to press it. We just started calling me that in front of the kids, and they switched to calling my calling me Mommy Lizzie within about a week. Their idea of what transness is has changed over time. After a while, they had forgotten I had transitioned. Then suddenly, they knew all about the, Suddenly, they knew all about it. I think someone at their daycare told them, which is okay. I told them to be honest if they had any questions when it comes up, and it's changed again. They know I'm associated with the word trans, but they don't seem to know what that means now. Hey, we're so unclear on the subject that one of my girls thought the trans flag was the flag of my company, which is Lando Lakes. Well, as long as there's a questionable image of an indigenous woman in the middle of it, it should still be okay. Yeah, that's right. I think that's it. I think for a lot of children, you know, I think a lot, they're going to find out things, they're going to notice things. And, you know, my youngest is still in school, so... I hope that never becomes a place of contention for her at school. I hope that she doesn't get picked on because of me. Yeah. And actually, when I transition, I've got a story uh, that I that I perform in my show, Parents and Children, Husbands and Wives, uh, about this. And I'm going to we're going to close the show with me doing that. Uh, also, with guest appearances from Mike and Mel Muscarella, two local musicians and friends of both of ours who uh, do the show, do that story with me and that show with me. So that's how we're going to close it. So I'm, I'm kind of reserving a lot of what I talk about my stuff because it's covered in that. But, yeah, it is very it is very fluid. For all of us. Um, and by the way, Liz's kids are um, seven now. 
she's she's also been transitioning for five years, and so yeah, that for for her, their their dynamic with with their mom with mommy Liz is going to change as they grow older. Um, our dynamic is more or less set. Uh, yours with Larue per- probably more than it is with uh, with your youngest. I don't know if you're okay with ma- naming her on the show or not, so I'm not going to name her. I've done it a couple times, but I try to limit it. Yeah, so that's why I'm, you know, but yeah, she's uh, she's another fascinating and fun human being to be around. And she's much older. She comes off much older than her actual age, yep. which I have to keep reminding myself that, that's, that she's only the age that she is. But yeah, so yeah, we all have, we all have different issues. And it's not just trans women, uh, you know, female to male uh, or, and non-binary people have this issue as well. Now, Alistair or, or AJ McKinley uh, from Rochester uh, wrote, as an adult with a womb and four living kids, I hate Mother's Day. It reminds me of the horrors of motherhood of carrying a vampire inside me, of losing my freedom of choice, having to limit my life, and especially of having to play a part I never wanted for myself. This Mother's Day, I managed to get out of seeing my family, where my sister still refers to me as a female out of spite, and my oldest nephew considers me a blasphemous prick and refuses to speak even to my kids. Instead, I reached out to my mom and my ex's parents to let the kids say hi. I spent the day planning so- playing sock bomb, uh, video games and snuggling with the two kids that live with me. My kids have a dad, so I haven't pushed that on them, but recognize that I am not female. As my daughter says, if you weren't our mom, we never would have been born, and that would have been awful. You had a baby in your tummy, so you're my mom, even though you are a man now. You weren't then, so happy Mother's Day. Yeah, that's just a lot, doesn't it? It does. It's, it, it is, it, it, there's a lot of anguish in there from the other end, and you know, I, I had a hard enough time with my particular role in the conception of my children. I could not imagine how it feels on the reverse. If you are, um, if, if you are pre-transition and you are hiding this about yourself, I know that there have been some trans men who have gotten pregnant, but they have done that after transitioning and they are making no bones with the fact that they are transgender male. Yeah. And I you know going back to what Alistair says here, and I think they, they make a good point. I think there's a lot of societal expectations that are placed onto cisgender women um, to have babies, to have the family, to to play their role in society as it's been prescribed. And so, you know, Alistair, you know, under, you know, who knows themselves very well, you know, I can see where this would be quite the burden for them. You know, I don't know Alistair well, but it met him a few times at different groups. And, you know, it's yeah, there's a lot there. And, you know, and, you know, but it also goes back to our society and being selfless versus selfish. So there's there's a lot wrapped up in this. Yeah, they did a real good job, as far as I'm concerned, of setting their own boundaries and deciding what their family is. And their family consists of their children. Yeah. And 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 it sounds like they had a wonderful day. I don't know what sock bomb is. Uh, but it sounds like a game I still want to play yeah. with my kids or just with people at all, people in general. Um, and then there's Jamie Francesca Rodriguez, which I think you should you you introduced me to Jamie and you brought Jamie on the show. Uh, there, she is also a transgender parent, and she when when we asked when we asked her about it, she gave us a very heartfelt and beautiful response about the the whole process. So. 
why don't you, uh, if it's okay with you, I mean, I'd love to have you share it. Yeah, why don't, why don't we, um, since it is kind of long, let's, as we find interesting points, just let's interrupt each other and jump in and, you know, make points where they are, um, because she, um, she wrote a beautiful letter to us. So let's- You want to share? Let's dive into this. What's that? You want to share? Um, no, I'll read. Yeah, we can just, when I, when I read the bulk of the letter and then you, we can just yeah. jump in. So we kind of make it harder for you to edit, but. I don't care. <laughs> You'll figure it out. I always do. All right. This is the letter from Jamie Francesca Rodriguez. When I started coming out as trans to family and a few close friends in December of 2018, I was very lucky to receive positive, supportive reactions. My primary concern for the timing of coming out more broadly to the world, though, was how was my 16-year-old son, Emerson, going to react? He attends a challenging science and technology high school in Northern Virginia, and I was concerned he might have a hard time with the news. So I decided to wait until school ended in June of 2019. And both of you, or both of you, both of us, rather, you know, similar experiences, though, with timing and school and calendars. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and my, and my uh, daughter was still in high school uh, yeah. at the time and in the same high school that LaRue went to. Yeah. Um, and which is a conservative Catholic school and had a lot of conservative Catholic friends. And I think most of her issues centered around alienating, uh, alienating her friends or having her friends, you know, alienate from her. Then there is any, any real concern about who I was as a human being. And I think that was, and you'll, as I tell my story, that's kind of what goes through that. But I just want to say that after they graduated from high school, uh, in her own little close group of friends, um, there is an awful lot of, uh, everybody kind of revealed their, themselves and there is a one non-binary, uh, one, uh, several bisexual and one straight up lesbian in her friend group. Uh, so it was, it was all, it was, none of it was, was, um, what's the word I'm looking for? None of it was justified. It probably would have been done well, but I still understand the fear. Yeah. So continue on. No, I was just going to say, but, you know, our daughters went to the same high school. However, um, my daughter's friends group wasn't that conservative. And so I think that's one of the big differences. But I think a lot of it is that timing of age at 17, 18 years old. Um, mm -hmm. But yet, you know, there are those conservative elements. One thing you left out about that school is that not only is a Catholic, but it's also all girl. Yeah, exactly. So... Mm. Yeah, there, there, which there is kind of a, even though it's not official, there is a, there is kind of a tacit acknowledgement that there are a fairly large number of lesbians who attend school there that um, now, the, don't really, the school's, but still. The school's most famous alumna is a lesbian. Uh, that would be? A Abby Wambach. Abby Wambach. Wambach, yeah, cool. sorry. Wambach, yeah, so. <laughs> I see. Here's the thing about us. I'm really good with the names, but really bad with the pronouns. And Amy is exactly the opposite. <laughs> I can I'll say the pro I'll, I'll take the pronouns any day. I'll take Shalene Google show over your pronouns any day. So yeah, yeah. which is wonderful. Right. So back, Go back to the story. Yeah. Back to Jamie. So while I was gradually coming out to more friends, I was maintaining a bubble around Emerson. I didn't want him to find out from someone besides me that. That there were so many, okay, there were so many times in spring of 2019 I just wanted to hug him and tell him, 
but I held back. That was hard. I did start having a lot of conversations with Emerson about diversity in general and gender diversity specifically. He said he didn't know any trans kids at school, but he did know openly gay students. I was heartened that he was very open about discussing this topic. And I thought it was so great that his generation is just so much more accepting than mine was when I was in high school in the mid-1980s. I think there's a huge part there, too, you know, that that acceptance. You know, you, you graduated from high school in the 70s, mm-hmm. I, Jamie in the 80s, and I was in 1990. And there, we've discussed this over and over. We weren't coming out. We weren't thinking these things. You were doing everything you could to hide it. Yeah, yourself, absolutely. Right? Yeah, one of the... the and I lived in a very isolated, small town that was very, very white, very conservative, very wealthy. And um, the first person that I knew that was transgendered that besides me, I didn't know there was anybody else in the world like me because there was no telephone, there was no internet or, you know, sort of the communication that we have now was um, Renee Richards when she sued to uh, play on the women's professional tennis circuit association circuit and the response to her um was just horrific and it just made me like well thank god i didn't say anything about this because the way they were just tearing into her was awful the jokes that they were saying and even even like the pastor at my church was saying these nasty things about her so yeah it was, and you know, if you're already feeling that at, the, at that young age, you're just going to drive that deeper inside. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And Penny, I have news for you. There's still nobody like you there, sweetie. <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> the weekend before school ended, Emerson was staying at my home, and I had decided to tell him. By then, I'd come out to 20 to 30 people. So I had the spiel down. But the emotion of keeping it inside and waiting to tell him just got to me. As tears were running down my cheeks, Emerson reached out and just put his hand on my arm. It was the kindest, most gentle gesture I had ever experienced from him, and I just thought, I'm glad there's an adult in the room and it's not me. Once I finished, Emerson sat back, thought for a moment, and just said, I'm okay with it. It was no big deal to him, and he still loved me. We were going to an art festival at the local town center that afternoon, and I asked him if he mind if I go as my true self. He said, sure. So I got cleaned up, put on my makeup, and we went out as a parent and son together. It really couldn't have been it could really it really couldn't have gone any better. Once I came out to Emerson, there was nothing else holding me back. In short order, I came out to my parents and scouts of his scout troop, and for which I serve as an adult leader, my office, and then a public Facebook post. On July 4th, 2019. Ooh, happy Independence happy Day. Happy Independence Day. Happy Independence Day. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love the, the duality there. Duality has become one of my catchphrases. Uh, it's here. also come out sort of a, a way of life for us, too. So, Yep, so. true. One issue we worked through was what Emerson would call me. He didn't want to call me mom because that's what he calls my ex. And I think he's respecting her wishes and role. For a while, he continued to call me dad. But that was just awkward a few times. Finally, on a trip to Ithaca, New York, uh, where to? Finally, on a trip to Ithaca, you know, uh, New York. Finally, on a trip to New. No. Finally, on a trip to Ithaca, New York, where we go most summers to see my family. We stopped at a Sheets in Pennsylvania for gas. 
a snack and a bathroom break. Just as I ex exited the ladies' room, he shouted across the store, Hey, Dad! I was mortified. I quickly looked around and felt lucky no one was in the store except for the cashier, who was out of sight around the corner. When we got in the car, I talked with Emerson about how I wasn't comfortable being called Dad anymore. For one, it misgenders me, which doesn't feel good, and I don't act... And I don't really feel completely safe with it, not knowing how a random individual might react. He understood and decided he would just call me by my name, Jamie, or refer to me simply as his parent. You know what? I, oh, yeah, that, ugh, that's tough. Yeah, being, what, what's, what, what, being called dad like that publicly? Yeah, you know, one time the little one, we were in Erie, Pennsylvania, and she came into the ladies' room and yelled, Dad. <laughs> That I can see how that would have been a hard one for you. Yeah, and you know, and and so that's yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those continuing conversations of like, uh, can we just call me Amy in public, yeah, please? I, I, my, I'm, I, you know, there's for me, there's you know, like I always say, I'm built like your dad, and I dress like your mom. So there's pretty much no hiding who I am and and what I am. So I guess I'm okay yeah. with it. And also. Being 60, I have a very limited number of fucks to give. And so that's the one I'm not giving up out. Also, I just want to say, I think I know that Sheets in Pennsylvania, if it's the one, because I have a, a story about that too. Um, in, in, in a Sheets, it's not it's it's not a, a, a Mother's Day, Father's Day story, but it's tangential and I'm on it right now. Because I my my, um, my son lives in uh in DC and I'd go up the road there. And also actually this time I was coming back from a, uh, a festival that I was doing in Washington and I had to stop to go to the bathroom. And, um, I go into this, it's the middle of nowhere. It's like outside of Mansfield, Pennsylvania in the middle of Laurel mountains. And there's nobody around. And I go in there to go to the bathroom and I'm walking past the coolers. And there's this guy loading beverages into the cooler who looks up to me and goes, Oh, Hey, how was the sh How was the festival in DC? <laughs> And I said, I am going to answer that and ask you a few questions as soon as I go to the bathroom. And I came back and apparently he had seen me in Cincinnati uh, doing, a, doing my show in Cincinnati and uh, was a Pepsi distributor and happened to his, his, his route took him all the way out to central Pennsylvania from Cincinnati. And so, but it was just so weird. It was like having somebody in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, like who knew who I was. So that was like, that was my first kind of brush with fame thing. Yeah, it, no, it's crazy when you get recognized. You know, yeah, I don't have it as hop. I don't have it happen as much to me as you do to you. But it's still, you know, I, it's 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 unnerving though at some level too because you know you're sitting in the grocery store, you're at Sheets, and people are like, "Oh, I know you," and you're like, "Ah, uh, okay." Yeah. Well, what's so, happening to me is a lot of times people who know me from Staples because I made their business cards as opposed to performing, <laughs> which is not nearly as cool. But whatever. No, or, definitely not. Or I was actually I was on the news just before the pandemic hit because there was a there was a guy doing a person on the street interview as I was coming out of a of a of a of a, of a pharmacy and they asked me about COVID nineteen. I said, "Well, I wash my hands all the time." So and so I got a lot from that. But it's like I would rather they know me from my storytelling. But finish up the yeah. stories. Finish up the story. All right. We're almost yeah. done. So Jamie concludes. I'm a lot more open about everything since my transition. I'm closer to Emerson because of it. We talk a lot about how things are going with him and how my transition is going. I'm, 
I'm a lucky woman to have a son that continues to love and support me. For me, Mother's Day makes me wish I could claim that title. Father's Day is something I would prefer to sneak through without mention. Yeah. Yeah, that Yeah, be, yeah, and I legally can't. <laughs> I want I another I I'm, I'm keep on making I think about making stuff for you. I'm thinking about making a uh, a card for this as I'm contractually obligated to wish you a happy Father's Day. I think we should get some t-shirts and sell them on our Patreon page. Yeah, I've already I'm already building a design. I'm your sperm I'm, sp- I'm your sperm donor is going to be the first. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also have, I've been making one from a conversation that we had with uh with Chris uh Thompson which unfortunately didn't make it because we neglected to record, but uh, I'm making a t-shirt. Oh, thanks for the salt in that. I didn't one. say you, I said we. <laughs> You're the one that decided to own up to it. Um but my I, I'm making a t-shirt that says you say sodomite like it's a bad thing. <laughs> so yeah, well maybe oh. maybe we will do that. But yeah, so yeah, but that that's the thing. My my daughter, um, when I, I had a friend give her a ride one time that knew me pre-transition, and as he was taking her on on this errand because I couldn't because I was working, um, he asked her, "So are you calling?" He said, "Yes, are you calling me mom now?" Which made Zoe very uncomfortable. Uh, about that, so that you know, it, it, so there's that. There's also that that transmission that that issue of all this is what are your children comfortable with, as well as what you yourself are comfortable with, or what I am comfortable with is a little bit different from what my kids are comfortable with. And because I'm willing to make that trade off, I'm willing to deal with a little bit of discomfort on two days a year to have the same sort of solid relationship that I have with them now. Yeah, that's, you know, and I think that's, I think that's what it comes down to is I think you got to look at those individual relationships and you and I have a similar reason why we continue on with dad. Um, But, you know, I think, you know, it's still complicated for us because, you know, dad is a masculine term that comes with certain societal expectations. Mm -hmm. And we have decided that for us to continue living, period, we needed to bust those societal expectations placed upon us, you know, because we were assigned male at birth and we, we choose to live in our own truth now. And that's hard for society. And these issues around gender, parenthood and everything else are not they're not easy. They are the only ones, by the way, who get to do any sort of misgendering as far as I'm concerned. And that dad is the entirety of it. So, yeah, uh, but I anyway, know. So it's been really fun. It's been a real fun conversation to have, which I'm really glad you brought this up. This is this is Amy's suggestion to do this. And uh, thank you for bringing this topic up, because it really I think it's it was uh, kind of cathartic. And hopefully it's been cathartic for some of our transgender listeners to hear that you're not alone with this. And um, if there's anybody that uh, I, I think I got everybody who responded to, to the to this uh, on, on the show. Uh, and hopefully I did. So uh, we're going to take a real quick break here. And uh, Amy, it's been fun chatting with you. And I'm going to let the uh, let the story end up the this particular um, this particular episode. So uh, you can say good night, everybody, because you're done. And then I'll finish up at the end. Good night, everybody. We love we you. We love you. This is Transgender Thursday. And we're back with my story right after this. 
To financially support Transformation Thursday, go to TransformationThursday.com and that will bring you to our Patreon page. Once there, click on the Become a Patron button. You can also follow us online on Facebook. You can follow us by searching for Transformation Thursday Podcast. And please join our private Facebook group by searching Transformation Thursday on Facebook. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us at TransThursPod. To make sure you stay up to date with all the latest episodes, please subscribe to the Transformation Thursday Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google podcast or wherever you get your podcasts on apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating and a short review it's free and it does help get transformation thursday out to a larger audience finally transformation thursday is copyrighted material all rights reserved 2020 welcome back to transformation thursday i'm penny sterling and my pronouns are she her and with me right now for a very special close to this very special transformation thursday are my friends mike and mel muscarella hi fellas hello 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 it's good to see you guys are uh, musicians you're fantastic musicians and you're better friends than you are musicians and so i'm really thank you for taking time out to to help me with this i don't know what that yeah is that a is that a compliment? Uh, I, I, I believe it's called damning with faint praise, but I'm not 100% certain. <laughs> we'll take that. So, so Mike and Mel and I have a, a show that we do called uh, Parents and Children, Husbands and Wives. And we are in the midst of creating a sequel to it called Parents and Children, Husbands and Wives 2. Electric Boogaloo! The Reckoning. That's right. The Reckoning. Electric, or was it going to call it Electric Boogaloo The Reckoning? One or the other. Uh, but... I, I did a story in the original Parents and Children, Children, Husbands and Wives about telling my children about this. And since we're talking about having this be a Parents' Day special where we talk about how oftentimes it's difficult to be transgender uh, on these days because you oftentimes get miswished, I guess. We're going to, I thought we'd do the story. Is that okay with you guys? I'm ready. Sure. And then we're going to go right into uh, a, a special song called uh, Alternating Weekends that uh, you guys wrote in, in, in reaction to my story, which is really cool. Yes, uh, that was all Mike, and it was, uh, it was beautifully done, and I'm just happy to lend some harmonies to, uh, to a great tune. Beautiful. All right, let's go here. So here we go with a story from Parents and Children, Husband and Wives called Telling My Kids. I tell my kids lots of things. A big part of being a parent is simply telling your kids things. Come to dinner, go to bed, put that down, pick that up, pick up that magazine, that magazine on the floor, right there on the floor, the one you are now standing on. Yes, that magazine. Pick it up. Oh, don't put it on the couch. <laughs> big things, little things, important things, silly things. I told my kids there was a Santa Claus. I told my kids there wasn't a Santa Claus. <clears throat> I told two of my children that I was marrying their mother, and I told all four of them that I was divorcing her. I told my kids things you wouldn't think I would need to tell them, like, use a fork. You're eating a salad. Use a fork. I, I don't care if hand salad tastes better. Use a fork. No, uh, it does, though. It does. It, no, it's it's really good. You get the Did I hear the someone just say they don't want dessert? Donuts are good. I want no, donuts. No, no, hand Yeah, forks. That's what I thought. I tell my kids things that they know already, but I tell them anyhow, like how much I love them. And once I told my children that their father is transgender. That's not something I ever expected to tell them. 
or anyone for that matter. I've always been transgender. Always. Um, I've met very few transgender people who have said otherwise about themselves. It's not a club you join. It's not a virus. You can't catch transgender. You either are transgender or you aren't. And if you are, then the only choice you'll ever have is whether or not you'll admit to it. And I had absolutely no intention of doing so. I decided long ago that this was a secret that was going to be buried with me. But a few years ago, I came to the conclusion that if I kept this a secret, the burying would happen sooner rather than later. That was in 2014 when I was 54 years old. Now, transitioning this late in life has some challenges to it. For one thing, there's a half a century worth of friends and family that I have to break the news to. So I, I started out kind of cautiously telling just a few of my closest, safest friends. And they all accepted me with varying degrees of confusion and joy. <laughs> one of my friends was wildly accepting. And when I told her, she started raiding the thrift shops where she lived and sending me any woman's clothing that she could find that was remotely my size. And that's how I started my first wardrobe. But I'd only wear it on alternating weekends when my children were with their mother, and it soon became apparent that that wasn't going to be enough and I wasn't going to be able to hide this anymore. So, I had to tell them. But when and how? I was taking my two youngest down to Northern Virginia to spend Christmas holiday with their big brother, so I figured I could tell at least three of them then. But before that, there was one more person I really needed to tell, and that was my ex-wife. I didn't want her to be ambushed with a, Mom, what's going on with Dad? sort of question. Now, telling anybody you're transgender is hard. But for me to tell my ex-wife? She used to call me ruggedly handsome in a non-stereotypically masculine sort of way. Seriously, that's what she called me. I had to write it out for her and make her practice a bunch of times to get it right, but that is what she called me. So, on the day before I went down there, I called her up and told her when we were leaving and when we're coming back, could you feed the cats while I'm gone? And oh, by the way, while I'm down there, there's something I'm going to tell them, and I think you should know first. I'm transgender. Now, I was prepared for any reaction, every conceivable reaction that I could possibly get, except for the one I got. Well, it's about time. What? Well, it turns out that she knew that there was something going on with me. She wasn't 100% certain what, but this came as no surprise to her. That meant I had to tell the kids. I decided to start with my oldest. He's a police officer and very good at his job and the sort of person that is always brought up whenever talk of promotion comes along, and I was worried about how having a transgender father was going to affect his career. So I took him aside, and I told him as best I could. Um, remember, I was new at all of this, and so I don't know how well I told it to him. And when I was finished, he was silent. Do you have any questions for me, I asked him. He had three. Well, can I still call you dad? I told him he could. You're going to take care of my brothers and sisters for me, right? I told him I would. Want to go to the comic book store now? That went better than I expected. 
And then I told my two youngest children and they were fine with it. And then my third son and he was fine with it. And everybody was fine with it because I'm such a great parent. There's never any troubles whatsoever. No, that's not what happened. There comes a point in every child's life when the most important thing that a parent can be is stable and invisible to everybody else in the world except for them. My three sons were all past that point, but my teenage daughter was in the middle of it. And from where she was sitting, I was neither of those things. And from where I was sitting, I could not see that. And it wasn't until we were both sitting together on her psychiatrist's couch, and I heard her tell me that it felt like her father had died. And I cried and held her, and she cried and held me, and I told her that I would be the father that she needed me to be for as long as she needed me to be that. And so I would be dressed as a man every time I went out in public with her. And that's the way we lived for about 18 months until the day of her high school graduation party. She and her best friend had decided to throw themselves a party. And so I just kind of hung in the periphery waiting for the inevitable cry for help. And I got it. Oh, I will need some ice, some soda and chips and... This is the last time I will ask you to be somebody you aren't. I tell my kids lots of things. It's what parents do. But sometimes, the most important thing you can do is just listen for a while. Hey there, Zoe. I got something to say. I hope you take it well. Working up the courage Fifty-some-odd years But this is gonna take you a little while Start a new year An extra dose of honesty This is all new to me Great northern exposure Personal transparency your silence says it all And I did me on alternating weekends Closing boxes and clothes on the floor I come to you a sinner, I come to you a saint, I love you as your father all the same.